Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Daily Objective, the show where we uh, explore topics, try to understand them. We're all students of the philosophy of Ayn Rand, objectivism. But remember that fact. We're students. Nothing we, sh- we say should probably be taken as a definitive uh, statement by any of us, I think, let alone a statement on behalf of a philosophy <laughs> like objectivism. So take all of that, uh, keep all of that in mind as we jump into this highly uh, controversial topic among many people. Why would uh, a radical capitalist not want anything to do with the Libertarian Party? Good question. It's an easy one to sort of uh, dogmatically uh, kind of regurgitate what, what you've heard, but to actually understand it. My understanding of it is that Ayn Rand saw the Libertarian Party as like capitalism minus its intellectual justification, which she saw as catastrophic. So it's, it's, it's kind of hard sometimes, at least for me, to kind of wrap my mind around that. Like, what would be so bad about just having capitalism in, in politics without having the intellectual justification? What can go wrong? Um, well, I guess I, I like to look at maybe South America. They, a lot of those countries, or some of them, they go from being very capitalist or close to it to over to uh, crazy socialism. They swing back and forth. Some of their capitalists are dictators, like capitalist governments are dictatorships, throwing people out of helicopters and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, most significantly, I think, is the swing between the two in South America when you don't have a philosophical grounding of your politics. Um, your days are numbered. So that's one aspect of it. But believe me, I can't do this alone. We got not one, but two co-hosts here today. Uh, one of them is a guy who, boy, does he know capitalism. He deals with capital in his life. And he's also like myself and like our third co-host, a bit of a loud mouth for what he believes. And uh, we respect that. <laughs> Chicago's very own Jonathan Honig. Hey, Rucka, great to be with you this afternoon. And thanks to the Ayn Rand Center UK for having me. And of course, uh, the man, the myth, the guy who uh, he doesn't even, he's not even from America, but um, then again, we're not broadcasting out of the Ayn Rand Center America. We're broadcasting out of the Ayn Rand Center UK, which is exactly where he is. Greeks, very own. Greece's very own. Nikos Sotirakapoulos. Thank you, Raga. Hi, everyone. So the Libertarian Party, I'm going to throw some things on the table and then we will evaluate. I'm not going even to focus so much on the early, let's say, Rothbard times period when Rand was not happy with the party. I'm going to focus more on how the Libertarian Party is today, because We could say, well, whatever happened back then, happened back then. What about the party today? But please, both of you, feel free to also talk a bit more about the party historically. So today, the party is mostly, let's say, divided in two parts. The one is the so-called, because these people literally call themselves like that, the pragmatists. And the other part is the so-called, the Mises caucus, not having to do something with the Mises Institute, although it has people who are sympathetic to it. So we have one strand, let's say, which is the majority of more mainstream libertarians. And maybe a way to personify this trend was the previous campaign with Gary Johnson and William Welt, which it was not a successful one. Let's put it, let's put it, let's put it this way. (laughs) So you had uh, you had the two worst candidates in the history of U.S. politics, and yet somehow 
Gary Johnson only made the news when he couldn't remember what Aleppo was. And the Libertarian Party made the news with the naked guy in their conference, if you remember. But I don't want to, to hit uh, to, to this, let's say, tip points. There is some essence why the pragmatism of Libertarian Party is uh, not something to celebrate. Because it's based on this, first of all, ultra boring approach that says, well, some things are good on the right, some goods are good on the left. We take the good things from the right and we take the good things from the left and probably you're asleep by now. So this was the Libertarian Party in 2016. So since then they've moved a bit more to what some people have characterized more towards a liberal left libertarian stance, but who knows whether this is the case. So for example, in 2018, they weren't happy with Ron Paul or with Judd Napolitano uh, speaking in their convention. And or we saw some months ago, the, the candidate who is at the moment the party's presidential candidate, Joe Jorgensen, uh, tweeting, it's not enough to be passively not racist. We must be actively anti-racist. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. So, hey. so this is the situation then with the Libertarian <laughs> Party. And, you know, it's a party. It's a bureaucratic organization. People say that their conferences are soul-destroying because of the bureaucracy, the inner proceedings, the pragmatists versus the more left libertarians versus the Mises people. So that's, let's say, the surface. That's, to use Marx's term, the superstructure. But now I will get to you to tell me what is be below the superstructure and what is the basis that explains these failures in superstructure or these things that we find uninspiring or ridiculous or not as good as they should be, depending on what take you want with the party. So who wants to start? Well, I have a question for you. You just quoted, was it Joe Jurgensen saying it's not enough to be non-racist you have to be actively anti-racist hashtag black lives matter so on the uh, in of itself that's that doesn't sound like the end of the world i mean it's it's kind of true obviously it has connotations in yeah that's what i'm referring it is maybe not everyone understands where why you're so so why am i saying this Mm -hmm. it is positioning itself that we are not anymore the party of these let's say southerner paleo-libertarians So in a way, they want to get maybe rid of this stigma or this identity of the party, you know, of the Rothbardians or of the paleo-libertarians. And let me remind you one more thing, and you judge it the way you want to judge it. In the previous campaign, when Gary Johnson was asked on the famous bake the cake controversy, I'm not sure if it was particularly the bake the cake case, but it was the case on whether a private company has the right to discriminate against someone for any reason. And he says, no, they shouldn't do that. And uh, I'm not going to be the one who's going to make the Libertarian Party that party who says that you should be free to say, I'm not going to bake the cake for you. So you can make whatever you want of these things, but they do give an ad- the identity that the Libertarian Party, its majoritarian mainstream view, wants to take as what it shows to the world. So that, the, the, sorry, the, I'm dwelling on this because it's a little unclear to me or, and probably to some of the audience. You brought up Joe Jurgensen saying we need to be actively anti-racist and the significance of that 
is that it's uh, rebranding away from the hillbilly libertarian over to the cosmopolitan. <coughs> I thought maybe you were bringing it up because it's that she's a lot. She's giving the moral high ground to this organization, BLM. And then well, later she, then, back look, it. she said, I didn't mean that. I'm, I only meant literally. Yeah, that so so as you can understand, this tweet created uh, a storm. And then she said, Black Lives Matter means standing in solidarity with a mourning black community by way of bit of collectivism there. But anyway, as we fight together to end qualified immunity, police brutality, sentencing disparities, and the war on drugs, not support of any quote organization by that name. So again, you make what you you make what you yeah, want. I, I, I just wanted to be I wanted to be clear just because if people they don't understand the context and they just hear you quoting that tweet, hashtag Black Lives Matter, then they hear Jonathan groaning about it. Maybe we want to let people know kind of what, what the groan is about. So I think well, uh, <laughs> Go ahead, it def it's definitely not that we are not for Black Lives Matter. It is that when the tweet came out, there was a particular context going on. And I think she wanted to, as you said, position herself in a particular way. But let's hear what Jonathan has to say. Please. How often do we say, guys, Ayn Rand saw this. She was prophetic. And the Libertarian Party is just another example. I'll quote Ayn Rand. This is from, I believe, 1972. She was asked, libertarians advocate the politics you do. So why are you opposed to the Libertarian Party? Rand answers, they're not defenders of capitalism. They're a group of publicity seekers who rush into politics prematurely because they allegedly want to educate people through a political campaign, which can't be done. And that has not changed. I mean, look, today people, and, and, and often, I'm sure we're all associated with this, People might hear we're interested in Lib in Iran, and people say, "Oh, well, you're a libertarian." You know, people roundly call themselves libertarian these days. You know, I I e more li lib more liberty, but to associate yourself with what is it, Jim Jorgensen, Jill Jorg, whatever Jill Jorgensen, to associate yourself with these losers, these fucking losers, is honestly, I'll say that, Rucka, I'll go there. Uh, let's go to the tape. Let me share my screen. You tell me, you want to be a part of this, uh, uh, where's my, uh... Oh, wow. Please don't do... show us the naked guy. No, I have to show you it. You want to I've be never a part seen of this... a Joe Jorgensen with such a pretty beard. You want to be a part of this, this group? This is the libertarian, uh, can you see this, Nikos? I, I tried uh, to forget it, but yes, I can see This it. is from 2016. I wish I could say this was 20 years ago. This is, <laughs> it was a, this is friggin' fucking disgusting. I mean, who are these freak shows? It was, a, a, it was a strange time for all of us. Jonathan. No, it's a friggin' freak show. I mean, His tattoo is what troubles this? me. It looks like an iron cross on his uh, right arm. <laughs> I mean, this is friggin', it's disgusting. Uh, let me stop sharing. By, by the way, let me say something on this video. Uh, no. there, there, there's a small detail. There's a small detail. Why this is even more ridiculous? Because I think C-SPAN was, C was live streaming this conference. So it was the one moment that the libertarian had to say, look, it's Hillary, Trump, but we offer something different. And that's what has stuck to all people from 2016. But let me just finish and I'll, I'll make it quick. I mean, Nikos, I, I wish I could say that it was just 2016. This is some reporting from 2012 from the Weekly Standard, which you think would be just a little bit sympathetic to the libertarian movement, 
maybe not given their, you know, review of Ayn Rand or not their review of Ayn Rand, uh, but just, you know, their history. But they said that the, the 2012 convention activists were, quote, selling copper barter or trade coins with marijuana leaves imprinted on them. Conference attendees included Star Child, a well-known San Francisco sex wor worker. I mean, Ayn Rand was opposed to libertarian movement over time. And for, I think, good reason. It's this, once again, this anything goes. You know, she called them hippies of the right. And I think it's very much the case. You know, this, and, and what it quickly devolves into is anarchism. Anarchism is disgusting. Anarchism is what we see on the streets of Portland. It's this idea of anything goes, might uh, equals right. So, you know, I run away from the Libertarian Party. And I think uh, there's a, 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 a wanting for a shortcut here, Nikos. There's once again, the sense that if, if we just got the right politicians in there, oh, we would have this utopia, but we can't have the right politicians without the right ideas. So, you know, Ryan talk about, talked about the Libertarians hijacking their her ideas. I think they do that, but they do it and then they, urinate on them at the same time. So run away from the libertarian movement and instead donate to the Ayn Rand Center UK, donate to the Ayn Rand Center, donate to the Prometheus Foundation, donate to the organizations that are actually helping young people make smart choices for their lives. And when we say donate to Ayn Rand Center UK, we mean become a paid member. You got it. So, okay, can I say one, this, uh, <laughs> I'm, so I don't agree that there can't be an educational political campaign. So I did the show on Friday evaluating the two Ron Paul campaigns, the pros and the cons. But I see a bigger problem here. I'm not even sure what the ideology of the Libertarian Party is. So again, it's that even fat a, guy running around. Anything goes, Nikos. It's the same yeah, as we talked about it in the 70s. Okay, look. 1988, I think it was, Ron Paul ran with the Libertarian Party. At least you knew what the guy was standing for. When I hear, when I hear Gary Johnson or when I, he see that the guy running with him is William Welt and I see his political record, I don't even know what this guy stands for. So I cannot even, I cannot even criticize their ideas because it, it's not there. It is this amalgam of a bit of left, left libertarian, open borders, bleeding hard libertarianism, then also maybe a bit of lip service to, oh yeah, but also, you know, free market and free trade is good. So I don't even know what's, I don't even know what's, what's there. That's why I'm- Well, not Rand called it anarchism. Do you think it's not, do you, do you think that they are anarchists? By no, I don't. Because a lot of the- Here's no, why I disagree with you on that. Because again, with anarcho-capitalists, at, at least the serious one, there is a, there is, a line of ideas that you can understand, you can criticize, you can say Rothbard believed this or Mises Institute stands for this. I disagree because of this. When I see a Libertarian Party candidate says, I'm not going to be the one who's going to make the Libertarian Party the party which is for discrimination by private companies. I'm like, who is there? What's, 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 in, what's happening here? What, what, so what are your principles then? What are your foundations based on which you view the world? Are you just a conservative who is better than Trump? Or are you a liberal who is better than the Democratic Party? Like, oh, we stand in the middle? That's, that's, why, that's why I think this party is going to be, it's keep going to be irrelevant. Because the first problem I see is that they don't have a signature of what their ideas are. Not that their ideas are bad. They don't even have ideas in a particular philosophy. 
Yeah, I think uh, another useful way to think about this is when you approach philosophy and you approach ethics, you start with values. Uh, the issue of values is so central and it's so um, fundamental. The farther back you can th remember anything in life, you, you kind of go back to the earliest possible memories and you can sort of try to remember, okay, I like this object, I don't like that one. Or here's what I think of this object, here's what I don't, here's what I think of that one. And so much of philosophy kind of uh, traces back to that and that's so first-handed and personal. And when we try to deal with philosophy at all, minus values, it just, it becomes a recipe for disaster. So yeah, it is true that uh, politics minus, you know, lower branches of philosophy is, is a recipe for disaster. But also remember philosophy itself, just talking about philosophy minus values, um, you know, gets you nowhere. So, and can lead anywhere. So um, remember values is an, is a central, is an important word to have in your vocabulary. And so when we look at capitalism, we, uh, we have the word values so deeply embedded, starting with um, kind of what do I want? What do I like? What do I want to create, produce? And, at, you know, at finally at a certain stage, when I reach sort of uh, mental adulthood, as well as physical adulthood, I'm now I need political freedom. I want to be free to produce. And I can bring like a very mature adult um, uh, presence into the discussion of liberty, whereas obviously... That's not what we saw in that in Jonathan's clip that he keeps bookmarked for for any occasion. Can I, can I say something else on values? Listen, <laughs> listen, listen to this one. Now this is this is a secondary presentation. So Dr. Jorgensen, if this is wrong, I apologize. But it says Jorgensen opposes embargoes, economic sanction, and is blah blah. She supports armed neutrality. Here's my problem with that. First of all, why you oppose embargoes? I support em someone who is for values should support embargoes in evil countries. Why being in favor of armed neutrality? If Turkey attacks Greece, there shouldn't be armed neutrality, right? So yeah. both of you are your allies in NATO. So you should say one is the good side, one is the bad side. Let's not start who is who. I mean, I don't want to create international objectivist crisis, but... Here's the issue of the lack of values, Jonathan. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you're surprised about Jorgensen's response here, but I'll, I'll share a screen once again, uh, Nikos. I mean, this was an interaction actually I had with a, 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 another Twitter account of mine with the so-called libertarian in chief. You know, Ayn Rand always talked about libertarians ripping off her material. The so-called libertarian chief, chief quoted himself Without property rights, you have nothing. And I, you know, as I said, you know, Rand's the one who said, without property rights, no other rights are possible. He, of course, said it's, you know, sounds like a whole nother a quote than him. But you know, your your point is is that there is no consistent philosophy to libertarianism. It is anything goes, as I talked about. And she cautioned, this is back in 1972. I'm quoting Miss Rand, quote, do not join the wrong ideological groups or movements in order to do something. By ideological in this context, I mean groups or movements proclaiming to be vaguely generalized, undefined, and usually contradictory politically goal, political goals. And she, she specifically uh, mentions the libertarian hippies. So look, I mean, 
you know, it's earlier as we think is a common kind of objectivist ideology. We all wish that we could just elect the right politicians and all of a sudden everyone would believe in free markets, liberty, individual rights, but they don't believe in that. So I, once again, I go back to that idea is our responsibility is, is, you know, Jorgensen has zero chance. People are not interested in even the small amount of her ideas, which even potentially free markets. So to identify and to align yourself with these complete freak shows with this naked fucking fat guy running around saying anything goes to say, oh yeah, objectivism is libertarianism is to just spoil everything I think that Ayn Rand created and worked for and differentiated to make what hopefully we stand for something special and unique. I have a couple thoughts here. First of all, yeah, the way that libertarians end up like pacifists and stuff, and they and they eat the, the not only that, but the equivalence they draw between free countries and dictatorships is like, how can these guys like, how can anyone yes. say they have anything to do with objectivism? Uh, and there's disagreement among objectivists of when to go to war and how to deal with with uh, dictatorships or or anything like that, but. To just draw a moral equivalency between free countries, semi-free countries, and brutal dictatorships is something that John libertarians McAfee libertarians are notorious for. But what comes to mind, uh, especially that I want to bring up, Jonathan, you know, I've been increasing voice of prudence and temperance. I've been, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I used to be what they called a firebrand. I used to actually, I'm rumored to have murdered libertarians in the name of the truth. There's no truth to those rumors. But, um, you know, I used to be that guy who would who would meet a libertarian and say, you stole everything from Ayn Rand. But hold on, let's 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 slow this down a little bit. It is true that the original libertarians who literally some of them knew Rand and studied with her and and even acted like they agreed with her. A lot of them ripped her off. But listen, about a week ago, I was interviewed by uh, by a channel called Neo Austrians. And it's uh, it's a couple of guys who are like free market guys, as you can tell by their name, who have increasingly moved away from anarchy and, and been exploring objectivism and even showing some enthusiasm about objectivism. And they're like one of them mid-20s, one of them still in high school. And I was thinking as I'm talking to them, if I had come across these guys a couple of years ago or someone else might like me might have come across them, might have said, oh, you guys, you just stole a bunch of stuff from Ayn Rand, whereas they had never heard of Ayn Rand, right? Now, the guy you were tweeting at, Jonathan, he's older than them, but not that much older than them. So I guess we need to sort of pick our battles. It is true that this that if not for Ayn Rand, this guy on Twitter never would have probably said that. Like he probably heard it and it kind of sat in his subconscious. And then he later said something very similar to it. But to kind of tweet at him, oh, no wonder Ayn Rand hates you guys. I guess what what do, how does that really help uh, when that guy he he in his mind, he didn't steal it from Rand. And I guess so. I guess I guess I'm 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 sort of trying to caution a little bit, and I'm I'm, I'm trying to make sure we don't end up uh, replacing ideas with reality and and accusing all libertarians of ripping off Ayn Rand, where is in reality most of them they don't even they don't even realize where their uh, where a lot of their rhetoric came from. So I guess uh, maybe maybe there's a little bit of food for thought there from the from yeah. the, the sort of uh, Zen master, new school yoga objectivist that I've become. Well, I mean, it's, it's, as you said, Rebecca, it, it, you're right. It, it, it's, it's ultimately about education. And I wish there was a shortcut. And Nikos, I mean, I love your perspective on this as well. I mean, I wish there was a shortcut to get us to this 
um, you know, to, 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 to achieve the type of societies and world that we, I think we know we're all able to, there is no shortcut. And when you see the type of anarchism, I believe that what, from what I see from the so-called libertarian party and the libertarian movement, um, it's just certainly nothing that I would want to be associated with. Now you say, well, what about on particular issues? Can we so-called partner with the libertarian movement on issues about getting rid of licensing, getting rid of minimum wage? I mean, I, I, I say yes, I mean, on particular issues. But to call oneself, to identify oneself as a libertarian, to be part of that anything goes movement, I just don't see that it's changed from when Rand talked about it in the 70s. I don't think anything's different. And Rucka, you're right. I don't have that guy's naked dance on uh on, on, on a bookmark, but the fact that that happened and that happened that happens all the time in the, the so-called libertarian movement, and that even some of the anarchists that I see parading through Portland and, and Seattle, et cetera, would call themselves libertarian. I mean, you want to be part of that? <laughs> no, I don't. But also remember the liber- libertarian party, they're a political group running for office, whereas the libertarian movement is more of like a conglomerate of various think tanks and stuff. We may get some valuable economic statistics from uh, from an organization like Cato or whatever, and may have some common ground on concrete issues with some of them. But but the libertarian party is the subject of today's episode, and that is a right. specific gr- uh, party running for office, which. I, when, when, when Rand talked about publicity seekers, I think she was talking about people running for office. Yeah, and, and John McAfee is your best example. I mean, John McAfee, I believe, was, he wasn't the candidate in 2016, but like... He was a, he wanted to be a candidate. And actually, he, he made some noise. He had a, a good YouTube video with, a, a, with Steve Jobs' quote, uh, here's to the rebels or whatever, which also featured Ryan Rand. So that was the only memorable moment but uh, yeah. yeah actually there were some interesting people in 2016 it was uh, austin peterson it was uh, but from all these people who end up winning uh gary johnson anyway he, an, another question that i'm gonna just throw it there and because we haven't got time does it even make sense to talk about libertarian so if under one category you have uh, cato and boas you have hans Hermann hopper you have uh, liber- uh, uh, bleeding heart libertarians. Do these people have much in common? I don't know. Anyway, we need to we need to wrap it up, gentlemen. So thank you very much. Hopefully, hopefully we made some uh, fruitful uh, criticism of the libertarian uh, notion or party or whatever. So yeah, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be easy. But uh, you know, let's find the battle of ideas and let's hope. So we're going to be in a better position and definitely better than the things that we discussed uh, today. So from me and from your co-hosts, all the best.